Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. I am Cecily, and this week we're going to be talking about a song from The Red Shoes. And spoiler alert, it's one of my absolute favorites from this album, so I'm super stoked to talk about this. We're going to be talking about Lily. talk about the song this week is actually someone who as of this recording has just discovered the show and so I'm really excited we've been emailing back and forth and he said he wanted to talk about the song so we have on the show this week none other than Daniel hi hey and of course I know we were already talking before before the show but we're supposed to pretend like we haven't been how are you (laughs) I'm doing well Um, (laughs) yes and yourself (laughs) Yeah, pretty good. I mean, I'm now drinking some, you know, kind of late afternoon coffee here because I kind of need to pick me up. And so I'm feeling good. And I'm also not going to be talking about one of my favorite songs from, from the Red Shoes. So I'm really, really stoked. <laughs> it's it's a great... So the Red Shoes is probably my favorite Kate Bush album. Ooh, really? Do tell. So kind of what's your... Well, okay. oh, oh, actually, I'll okay. have you do that part first. No. Yeah. <laughs> well... It, it, it falls into my, my Kate Bush story. Um, so, because, uh, you, you might, I'd, I'd just jump into it, I guess. I guess. Um, so, what is, so what yeah. is your history then with, with Kate, what's the whole story yeah. of Kate Bush so for you? It wasn't until about 86 or so, and I was watching um, 120 Minutes on MTV, their oh. Sunday night alternative block Mm-hmm. And the video for um, uh, Big Sky came on. Ooh. And I thought, oh, that's really cool. I like her. Um, this is interesting. Um, it's an it's a interesting 
um, video, and it's mm-hmm. an interesting song. She has an interesting voice. Oh yeah. Uh, it turns out it's one of her. Well, it turns out it's one of her least interesting videos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because then, like a couple of weeks later, I saw cloud busting, <gasps> and I'm like blown away, right? Because I mean that song and that video. I mean, still, I mean, Cloud, it, it brings a tear to my eye. It's just one of those songs. Cloud busting is just, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of, anyway. And so I went out and I got um, Hounds of Love. And at that point in time, um, uh, what was it? Experiment number four was the single at the time um, for, that was the added track for the whole story. And so I picked that up and, um, and then my life at the time, I, I was sort of, well, I was in the army at the time. So I, I wasn't able to pay attention to a lot of things as much as I wanted to. And so, um, I didn't quite catch up on, um, the sensual world when it was first released. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I got, you know, it's like, it was, I, I was a little late to that. Not, not a lot late, but you know, I was a little late to it. But mm-hmm. at that point, I, when I got it, it was like, oh no, I need to get everything. And so that's when I started going back and getting her back catalog. Ah. And, 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 and then that was what, 90. And then a couple of years later, when the red shoes came out, you know, there's the, the, the videos and the songs for, for that. And it was just like fantastic. Um, rubber band girl, um, eat the music, especially, um, the red shoes, the red shoes, the, the, the song, um, reminds me of, there's a, there's another artist, uh, from South Africa called Johnny Clegg. And he does mostly, he's a, he's a white guy, but he's a member of the Zulu nation. He does African style rock music, which anyway, um, but he has this song. One of his most famous songs is, um, cruel, crazy, beautiful world. And it's, you've got to, um, wash with the crocodile in the river. You've got to swim with the sharks in the sea. You've got to live with the crooked politician, trust in those things that you can never see. You know, it's your world, so live in it. It was basically saying this, you know, yeah, there's adversity, but you're going to have to overcome it. You know, it's your world, so live in it. And the Red Shoes reminds me of that a lot, um, you know, wrapped up in this in this um, tale of the Red Shoes. You know, it's like, um, this line is your path. You know, it's, it's really happening to you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so, and then, you know, so I get that album and I'm li- listening to that whole, you know, thing, that whole sequence. And some of it is, is part of the, 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 the narrative of the red shoes itself. And some of it isn't, um, but, um, you know, and then Lily, you know, fits in there, you know, it's like, uh, you know, there's this young girl you know, the, the character that, that Kate has created for this album, you know, this young girl and she's had something happen to her. She's scared, but she has to go through this trial, you know, and how is she going to do that? 
and and uh, so that's where Lily, you know, comes in. I I love you know there, there's the imagery mm-hmm. that she brings in this song um, with the lyrics. Um, I really like it. And so you said yeah, so that I've been a fan oh. since I've been a fan since '86. Yeah, so yeah, you've been a fan for a while. Awesome. And so you'd also mentioned that uh, the Red Shoes, just the album, is your favorite mm-hmm. Kate Bush album. I I think so. I mean, Hounds of Love. I mean, come on. Mm. But um, I mean, I do love <laughs> Hounds of Love. I really, really do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or. Um, uh, Never Forever as well. Oh, um, yes. I love Never Forever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that, that's the, that to me, that's the one, her first two albums are really good, but that's the one where she really, like, became Kate Bush, if that makes sense. You know? Well, she found, she found the technology to kind of, like, add into her songs to, I think, to further enrich the world's the, the pretty rich worlds that she was already creating with just the piano and her voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there were, there are definitely moments of it, you know, um, on her previous two albums. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you could see, you know, it's like proto Kate Bush in, in the kick inside. And then, you know, she was really maturing with, with Lionheart, but there was still, you know, a lot of the, a lot of those songs, I think, you know, that's very early Kate Bush, but never forever. I think is her first album as an adult. If that's, you know, but I mean, I'm not to say that she wasn't an adult, but just, you know, um, much more grown up, um, Mm -hmm. in, in her, in, in her sound, like you were saying with the technology in her writing, um, yeah, just anyway, that's, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna absolutely, you know, pin down, you know, in order, which ones are, you know, <laughs> favorites from, you know, top to bottom. But I think those are the three that I, that I go back to most often, um, red shoes, probably most often. Interesting, because like that was so the red shoes. I mean, it sounds like that. I mean, that that one for you was kind of the second album you'd ever heard. Red shoes was actually technically the first full album I'd ever heard, because mm-hmm. at the time, well, when I got into Kate Bush, it was like early two thousands, right? And right. I was I was pretty heavy into the more underground side of eighties music at the time. It's weird because like I really have no personal connection with like the music of the early 2000s when I was in high school because like I was just listening to 80s music and so my mm-hmm. parents knew I loved 80s music and so my mom she went into Sam Goody and said well my daughter really likes like 80s British female artists can you suggest anyone and I and this the woman behind the counter said here here's the red shoes from Kate Bush she might really enjoy it and so mm-hmm. I got it for Christmas. And at that time, like I had heard, I had heard Kate's music on Flashback Alternatives, which is a station I'm still like listen to occasionally, and it's still around. And they played a lot of the more underground eighty stuff, and which and it's weird to think of Kate Bush as like an underground artist, but you know she was at least in the U.S. until this year. 
And <laughs> so, like, I remember getting the album, and this was the, the first album I'd ever heard from Kate Bush. And I have to say, it's not in a top five for me anymore, but there mm. are still a lot of songs on the Red Shoes that I do revisit, including Lily. Like, Lily was a favorite mm-hmm. right off the bat. Like, I liked the whole energy. I liked the the kind of like, it almost sounds like a rubber, it sounds like a rubber band or something in the background. It's like, whoa, mm-hmm. I'm not even sure what that is but i thought it was catchy i thought it was upbeat i liked how she was just like belting it all out there and as i've gotten older when i listened to it i was like kind of like late teens early 20s but now that i've grown up a little bit and have a little more life experience i think of this very song a little bit differently like i feel like it's it's kind of like what you were saying earlier about overcoming things and that's how i feel like mm-hmm. a lot of this mm-hmm. album is a lot of this uh, song is and a, a little bit of that like that with some of the other songs on the album like this was kind of a tumultuous time i think in her life and so i think she was trying to work through a lot of a lot of things and i think that's what she was trying to do especially on on lily and calling on different spiritualities to mm-hmm. help her through it well i think i think you know, she was grappling with being a star um, at that point because um, she was putting out music and she was well-received and well-respected and um, famous enough in, you know, the UK. But then the Hounds of Love, you know, comes on. You know, it's like she only had the one television appearance in, in North America on, on SNL which apparently I had seen, but I don't remember it. You know, Hounds of Love comes out and she is famous, like famous. And she's famous on both sides of the Atlantic. You know, she's not like Madonna famous, but she's famous and there's demand for her. And so she starts making a lot more um, um, music videos, which I think is a great medium for her. Oh, um, oh, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, she's putting out more singles per album. And um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, she's um, like the, like, the, the you know, Lily, I'm so afraid. I fear I am walking in the veil of darkness. It's like she doesn't know where she's going. She doesn't know what to do. Um, you know, it's like, uh, what do I, you know, she's like, what do I do? Do I, you know, do I tour, even though I'm, uh, you know, I've got this, you know, perfectionist thing oh, where yeah. I want, plus, you know, the, the uh, I, I want to say I read somewhere that she has a fear of flying, but that's, I might have imagined that. Um, well, I do uh, think that I, would be part of it. And yeah. I mean, especially, I, mean, I would, th- I would think even back then, you know, Mm-hmm. airport security mm. yeah but right? even more now mm. <laughs> yeah yeah so um no i think this is uh, uh you know she's got you know this this feeling of of insecurity is probably uh not uh not quite right um not insecurity but something along those lines um 
and you know then you know you've got the you, you she's working on these songs for the red shoes and it just sort of fits right in i feel like i see what you mean with like insecurity um i think maybe just more unsure Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. like, That's probably, where am yeah. I supposed to go? Where do kind of where do I go from here? And not to kind of bring it back to maybe some of like her personal life. I mean, in this in her personal life, she had a lot going on. She lost her guitarist to AIDS. Mm-hmm. One of her dancers right. also died of AIDS in in the early nineties, and that was Gary Hurst. Um, it was one of her dancers from the from the tour of life. He passed away from AIDS as well, and then her mother died. And then she also lost Del Palmer, her longtime engineer and bassist. And so she had a lot going on in her life. And so I think mm-hmm. she was just kind of, well, wandering around what to do. How am I going to deal with all this? Yeah, exactly. And probably, yeah, like you were saying, like she, she became famous. Like, how do you, how are you following up? such a hugely successful album like Hounds of Love. I mean, even some, I've heard some people even say like, oh, well, no, the sensual world is a really weak follow-up and all this. I I call Mm-mm. bullshit on that because that is one of my top, that is in my top five. That is one of my favorite underrated albums of hers. But, you know, I think that there it was. was a hit. It, it was a hit. It had some top 40 singles. I mean, come on. <laughs> I do think that there was, I think that if anything, it's more of like just feeling unsure of who you are and where to go. And, you know, you're calling on different, uh, different beliefs to try and help you through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, not just no, going for I, Judeo-Christianity. Yeah. She, she's looking at, she's got in here, it's like the, the part, the part at the beginning, the mantra is actually from Hinduism. It's a little different. It's, it's, in um the director's cut if i i i I listened to both versions yesterday um the the album version and the director's cut version and um i noticed there was like it it wasn't a big difference no um, there's really spoken word intro no i think it's interesting to note that this is there's changes yeah but not a lot of change between the version that's on the red shoes and the version that's on director's cut. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like she didn't rewrite the, you know, lyrics too much. She didn't, the, the music arrangement is the same. So, I mean, it, it shows it like how much I think she herself likes this song and how important this one is to her. And especially for her to choose it as the opening track for her uh, for her live shows in 2014, certainly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which this is a fucking great song to open with. Hell yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it also it, it, it falls into that whole like, oh, crap. What am I doing? How am I going to get through this? I haven't performed in how long? Right. You know, mm. so, you know, she's calling on some help to, you know, to get through the night. I think it's awesome. So I guess since, uh, I mean, yeah, hey, spoiler alert, though. Really, honestly, guys, if you're listening to this, you're probably like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, they're going to mention the, the, the dark to cut version. But um, I guess we'll first talk about the Red Shoes version. I mean, basically, like mm-hmm. we, you were kind of mm-hmm. talking about how the director's cut version is basically the same song. 
There are a couple of differences I kind of noticed that'll be interesting to note. So yeah, Lily was released on her seventh album, uh, The Red Shoes. Uh, the Lily in the song is Lily Cornford, a noted spiritual healer in London with whom Bush became close friends with in the 90s. Um, Kate has said that she was, quote, one of those very rare people who are intelligent, intuitive, and kind. Um, most notably, Lily is someone who believed in what's called mental color healing. It's a process by whereby patients would be restored to health by seeing various hues. There's also another word for it, um, color therapy or chrom- chromotherapy. It's based on the idea that color and colored lights can treat physical and mental health according to this idea they cause subtle changes in our moods and biology and that is also lily reading the opening mantra on the opening of the song name for her apparently it's it said that she was uh she thought it was hilarious that kate bush wrote a song about her (laughs) i think it's sweet because she's like oh you you've helped me in my life and oh yes i'm gonna write a song about you like that just seems like something kate would do and she did (laughs) i mean Pete Townsend wrote a song, Baba O'Reilly, about two different, you know, spiritual type gurus. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, it's not, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's a UK thing, but it's like, it's not unprecedented, you know, to take, you know, sort of this, this um, unknown or, or lesser known person that that is that that you are dealing with on a personal level you know in a, in a spiritual manner uh and and put that into your you know especially if you are an artist of any of any sort um and that's firmly where i put put kate as an artist not just a, a musician mm-hmm. um you know she's much more of an artist you know so yeah to write a song about this person makes total sense Oh yeah, and especially if someone who, yeah, like you said, like they it, they made an impact on her life in a good way, and so she was kind of honoring her. Yeah, the credits also are a little bit different, kind of between these two versions. I noticed mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. the drums are from Stuart Elliott, who's of course worked with her before. John Giblin is on bass on both versions. Um, future Mr. Kate Bush uh, was on guitar. Danny McIntosh. Um, her brother was on Singing Bowls and the Fujari. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Otherwise, I will punch in the correct version uh, from Patty Bush. And then Kate Bush did keyboards and Lily did the narration. On the director's cut version, um, there was a Micah Paris who did backing vocals. Um, and Steve Gadd is the one who did the director's cut version. I, yeah, so those are the ones who who played on the song in both versions. And and also in both versions, Lily is reciting the mantra at the beginning, the Gayatari, that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's worth noting that um, uh, Lily died in the early 2000s. So they probably just took her her recording from the original song and then just like transposed or whatever. Those Those are the people who played on the songs. I mean, a lot of her usual folks. And of course, I... I always like seeing her brother pop up. It's like, oh, yeah, and what really cool instrument is he playing this time? Mm -hmm, Right. (laughs) He's got such an array of instruments. It's like, oh, my goodness. (laughs) I want this weird sound. Oh, Patty will do it. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Have you seen, it's on YouTube, and it's a little documentary that was released. I think it was for uh, Nationwide, and it was showing, like, behind the scenes of the tour of life. Have you seen that? 
No, I have not seen that. Okay, I, maybe I, I'll, I, I'll have to email it to you. I'll have to email it to you because it and yeah. it shows Patty like going over some of the really cool sounds for uh, Kashka from Baghdad. I'm like, oh yeah, this mm-hmm. is instrumental to Porco. This is what it does. And oh, I've got this other instrument for this song, and this is what it does. So he always has mm-hmm. he has such really cool instruments, and I think that's really awesome. Like it, and they just add like a little extra something to her songs. Yeah. I mean, we know, you know, how her her brothers were instrumental in her in her uh, formation and her, and her sound, but I don't think Kate Bush would be as musically interesting um, if she didn't have Patty in in her corner, especially early on, having Patty um, do all these different things, you know, um, enabled her to branch out and reach further um like to um so that you know on her next album and then the next album to be able to you know just keep reaching for these you know weird different sounds and i think uh you know enabling her to um formulate the sound that 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 is kate bush but i I really think that patty is is completely overlooked uh in in many regards but for his contribution seems to be underselling it (laughs) (laughs) well i think that if he hadn't been there i think she would have tried anyway because like she just seems like the kind of person who's like constantly pushing herself like Mm -hmm. in that same Mm -hmm. nationwide interview you know the the interviewer asked her and she's like very young this is 1979 and he's Mm -hmm. like you know what is next and she's just like everything like i think she would have is definitely kept reaching but i do Mm -hmm. agree that having him along and especially just just having that family support you know who is like hey you know what if i add this extra cool thing and it just like gives it something a little different that you just Mm -hmm. wouldn't hear Mm -hmm. like no most people are never most other, unless you're really into other instruments, you're not going to have heard of a fujare or a bazooki or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. Yeah. Um, in 1960-whatever it was, when George Harrison introduced the sitar to um, the, the Beatles music, you know, that was mind-blowing. Um, and, you know, I, I think that allowed other musicians to, you know, start adding in, in different instruments. And with the Bush family musical background, they had, you know, a whole bunch of, <laughs> you know, wide ranging <laughs> instruments and non-instruments, you know, oh yeah, uh, at their disposal. And they so, also listened yeah. to like a lot of different music too. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't mm-hmm. just the music right. of the time. Like, uh, Kate Bush appeared on a, a radio show in the early 80s and they asked her to play her favorite records and she was picking people like Captain Beefheart and other kind of like way left of the dial, not mainstream music, which surprised a lot of people. I guess they were expecting her to pick ABBA or something like that. I mean, hey, mm-hmm. you know, to me, ABBA is pretty classic, but you know, I think they've always had their the, the Bush family strikes me as very artistic and just like really into just like really cool ways of expressing yourself and just just kind of going for it and it's really good that she that Kate Bush grew up in that kind of environment and I 
definitely think that really, really helped her just to like have the confidence to just go for stuff. All right, so I guess how do we want to talk about the song? Um, because there's the opening mantra, which is just like a whole. I I learned a lot looking at looking up this up because I was aware there was it was probably translated. I I had a feeling it was something Eastern, but I wasn't quite sure until I started looking into it for the show. Are you familiar with it at all? Mm-mm. Not really. Okay, so the opening mantra. O thou who givest sustenance to the universe, from whom all things proceed, to whom all things return, unveil to us the face of the true spiritual sun, hidden by a disk of golden light, that we may know the truth and do our whole duty as we journey to thy sacred feet. Is a translated version of what's called the Gayatri Mantra. It's also known as the Savitri Mantra. It's a highly revered mantra from the Rig Veda, dedicated to the Vedic deity Savitr, who is a um, offspring of a primeval mother goddess, Aditi, in a sense, in the Hindu pantheon. So we're, this is going into Hinduism. Uh, the Gayat- Gayatri is the name of the goddess of the Vedic meter in which the verse is composed. So the meter in which, meaning the kind of the rhythm of the words and how it's composed. Its recitation is traditionally preceded by Om and the formula, and a formula known as the great mystical utterance it is cited widely in hindu texts in uh, uh, classical hindu texts uh, the mantra and its associated metric form was known by the buddha and modern hindu reform reform movement spread the practice of the mantra to everyone and its use is now very widespread so her version what she's saying in there is a variation on a particular translation um, a translation done by William Quan Judge. And what she's saying there in there is a kind of a it's because it, it's because it was originally written in one language. And so every person that translates this and as someone who speaks yeah. several languages, like even sometimes like I, I spend all day going between two languages, French and English. And so I know that like how I interpret something like literally you know, somebody else could say it slightly differently and all this other stuff. Um, and so the, one of the translations that she's going off of, this is from 1893. This is when William Kwan Judge wrote this. Unveil, O thou who givest sustenance to the universe, from whom all proceed, to whom all must return, that face of the true sun, now hidden by a vase of golden light, that we may see the truth and do our whole duty on our journey to thy sacred seat. It's a mantra that's dedicated to a sun deity. So the pence, the imagery about this about uh, about the sun and the um the god the god that this is he's sometimes identified with and at other times distinguished from surya the sun god he is conceived of as a divine the divine influence or vivifying power of the sun so 
the use of this at the beginning of the song and especially with the imagery of like fire like i'll show you how with fire and this circle of fire makes sense um mm-hmm. that's just very very simplified i was like reading through through this like oh wow this is a lot here but this is also really really cool like i was like whoa i'm learning a lot <laughs> yeah no it's um the ring of fire and having the four angels encircling her that, that that's just a very spiritual you know the imagery there is 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 um intentional oh yeah um, and and you know this is why i say you know it's like it harkens you know she's calling on her catholic upbringing but she, you know it's like you're saying the with the introduction you know it's this other stuff and that's one of the things about like her upbringing where you know she was raised with the you know this this roman catholic she went to catholic school and you know her parents were catholic and she was raised catholic but you know allowed you know that's this is where you know true catholicism is is like questioning it because mm-hmm. if you know, your faith grows stronger by questioning i know because i'm catholic myself um gotcha. and so which is almost um, like the opposite of like some of the I guess part of like where I live, like I know a lot mm-hmm. of like really, really conservative Christians and like their whole thing is like the opposite. It's like, no, don't question anything. God's will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like the complete no. opposite. Uh, that's fundamentalism and that is just not at all. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I, but but it's like, you know, and so like not to get, you know, too into it, but, you know, in many respects, it's all part of the one you know it's all part of the path to god um you know and and whatever path you choose you know it's all recognizable you know it's the 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 monotheistic belief rather than the multi-deistic um Mm -hmm. you know belief and so that's where like you know judaism and catholicism was a, I can't remember the third branch now for some silly reason. Uh, uh, the followers of Muhammad, um, Islam. Oh, Islam, uh, Muslims. Yeah, it's yeah, Muslims. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. all. It's literally all the same God. You know that it's mm-hmm. just different ways of 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 doing it, and so you know with her upbringing of questioning things and um, exploration. You know, it makes sense that, um, you know, like she's got this very Christian um, ring of fire imagery in this song. But there's an introduction that is, you know, from a completely different faith group. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, in some ways, this is there have been a number of of personal songs that, you know, that she has written. You know, there's a lot of character stuff, you know, that she's written as well. But I think. You know, she's, I think this is more along the lines of one of the personal songs for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Like, if, especially a lot of songs on the Red Shoes, because I think she was just kind of going through a lot and just trying to work through things. And I feel like, yeah, I it's one of the kind of the rarer songs, I think, in her catalog where, like, the I in the song is probably her. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. I kind of think of this as almost like one of her most witchy songs because <laughs> I think like especially like with the fire and I'll admit a couple of years ago like I was 
kind of thinking of like my own spirituality and I, um, I remember doing some rituals with fire and I know for, for a lot of it that before you set the fire that you'll, I know sort of saying, take what I say with a pinch of salt. I know it's probably not literal, but in a lot Mm -hmm. of those cases, you, you would put salt down before you do your fire ritual as a way of like cleansing your space and Mm -hmm. that you know, fire and that fire can be also a very cleansing thing. Like it, it kind of like you're, you're burning things, you're, you're turning it to ash and just kind of like letting it just kind of fall away. And so I think it's really interesting just the, 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 just, yeah, the imagery in here and also like calling on the different angels too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a great song. It is. Uh, it just it's it's just got this energy to it. It's it's got it's it's just like like you're just trying to help yourself overcome things, and you're you're. I think why I really really connect with this is like I kind of like in the last couple of years I've had to kind of take control of things, take control of my own life, and feeling like you know. For me, that mm-hmm. so, there were times where life really did blow a great big hole through me. It felt like, and like I, ha- and in this song, I feel like it's it's someone who's like she's having someone help her get through things, but but it's the narrator who's deciding that no, I need to pick my shit up. I need to get going. I need to keep going with my life, and I think that's part of why I've I've I, I mean I've always loved this song. I've always loved Lily, but especially like with where I am in my life, like I've had to. Mm-hmm. I've had to do this and just pick myself up and keep going. Even though things were not really that great. I was walking in the veil of darkness for a while. And you speaking of the, the energy of the song, um, that's why I, the version on the director's cut, because she sings it with a lot more energy on, Mm -hmm. on that one. Um, I mean, she's like starting to growl, you know, um, and and shout instead of just singing it. Um, and it's like really amps up the energy of the song. Um, I like the director's cut version better. You know, I do too. Version. Like, I like the Red Shoes version. I really do. But oh, yeah, no. the director's cut version, it, to me also, like, it just feels richer, I think. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't sound quite so so tinny sometimes with the with the the vocals and how mm-hmm. the things were mixed and it's yeah it's got more energy i also like especially at the end when she's you know, who's on the, who's on the left who's on the right that part yeah. in the in the uh the album version it's it's like it's kind of panned a little bit to the left like who's on the left who's on the right and so like each mm-hmm. time she's like kind of panning left or right and it's like kind of lower in the mix but it's still kind of like really high and in this, I mm-hmm. like that you could, she, it's like full front. Who's on the left? Who's on the right? I, oh, the ending of that. I love the ending of that. It's just yeah. like her losing the original herself. Version, I love it. <laughs> and on the original version, it's, it's like when she says that, it's almost like she's questioning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, who's, who's, who's that?
with the director's cut version, it's like she's calling out her squad, you know? Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, yeah, you're with me. You know, who's that? Yeah. You know, it's like we're, we're, we're forging ahead. Um, you know, you with me? That's, that's, that's sort of how I take it. Yeah, you know. and it's one of the few moments I feel like on director's cut where she like really just finally lets it rip. Mm-hmm. because her voice changed um she's not able to do you know some of the stuff that she used to be able to do easily um partly through age and partly through uh, disuse is you know non-use so it's i think it's interesting that you know lily she doesn't change the key so much you know the the vocal. Uh, it just it, it it gets more. It doesn't get changed. If that yeah. you know. Yeah, because actually I'm a lot sure of the you, other you can oh sorry. you can you know you can probably speak to more of the of the the nerdier you know musical <laughs> bits than I could. <laughs> well, it is true. Like she doesn't change the key in this. This is in the key mm-hmm. of uh, G minor, which is kind of a, a really neat brooding kind of key. You don't hear it in a lot of pop music too much. Um, a lot of pop music tends to do very simple, like A minor, because there are no sharps or flats. Uh, G minor, it's just, it's the minor equivalent of B major, basically. It's like B flat and E flat are the only flats. And it's a nice brooding key. But this is one of the few on director's cut where she did not change the key. I know, I did notice that because mm-hmm. you're, you're right. I, I'm a nerd. I noticed it. like even when she redid running up that hill for um, for the London Olympics, I was like, oh wait, this is like at least a half a step down. <laughs> kind of thing. Right. But like, but I mean, that's true because like your voice changes as you get older, and certainly, um, like for it's the same for men, same for women. Um, I mean, women, especially when they go through menopause, their voice starts to change because you don't have like that balance of hormones that you did before. And also she was a smoker. So there's that, that, that also just ruins your breathing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course mm-hmm. everybody's a little bit different. Some people can smoke like 50 packs a day and like their singing voice is just like really clean and pure, but it's like some, some people it's not the case. Um, but her voice is a little bit older on the DC version, but I just mm-hmm. I like the energy of it more. I feel like she just puts more more oomph into it. It's because right. I mean the whole of director's oh, yeah. cut. Like my whole thought on the director's cut is like she did that because she wasn't doing the touring, and so it, a lot of the arrangements, like the way she changed things, especially on like um, uh, this one's work, making it a little bit slower, changing up moments of pleasure, making that one a little bit slower too would be like, hey, if she were touring and you went to go see a show, this is how she would pro- how Kate Bush would probably perform these songs. That's how it felt. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm me playing live without playing live here. <laughs> uh, 
Of course, all this dropping before we knew in 2014 that she was going to start playing live for the first time since 1979. <laughs> so, oh, oh, God, I, I wish so, I could have made that. And that was um, going to be my next question. Were you one of the lucky ones to make it to 20 to the. To no. The and no, you know I what? Join not. the club. Join the club. Me neither. It's, I wanted to go so badly, but it was like, it was just too expensive. I'm sorry. Just. We. Um, too many. Uh, too many kids, too many young kids um, in the house. There was just no way, you know, going, going to a concert here. Um, in Seattle, would you know, is, is difficult for the two of us. Let alone, you know, going to another part of the country, and then you know, to fly all the way as across, you know, halfway across the world would have been just, you know, impossible. We had gone to Ireland as a family actually the year before in 2013, Ooh. and and that was logistically challenging. So um, you know, the thought of and as much as my wife and I just like, we look at each other going, oh, you know, pipe dream. You know, we would have loved to have seen her, but it just wasn't, wasn't going to happen at all. Oh, I get that. Like, I don't have kids like you do, but logistics of just getting on the plane and having to wait in line and hoping that you might get tickets. And also for me, I was a teacher at the time. And so that was right mm-hmm. at the beginning of the school year. <laughs> And yeah. I wouldn't have been able to take any time right. off and like having to pay for the tickets and the airfare. And I had never been to London and I would have like, oh, I want to be here for like a month so I can like see more stuff. And so just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to pop over for a gig and then fly back home. Like, no, I, I've never been to England. I want to see it. But Yeah. And my wife's a teacher as well. Oh, cool. Hey. Kindergarten, kindergarten teacher. And so from you know, like the middle of August, you know, up through the end of June, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's all prep work. Yep. You know? Oh yeah. I do have to ask though. Did you, um, have you heard the before the dawn version? Mm-hmm. Yes. So what are your thoughts? I've got thoughts, but I want to hear your thoughts first. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, me too. It's like, it's, we um, actually, I mean, we kind of already talked about it. like it's a it's a great opener for the show. No, and I think, like I said, I think it, you know, it it really is. It's her, you know, not being sure. You know, it's like, you know, what the heck am I doing here? I haven't performed in you know how many years. Um, no, I think it's a good live version. I, I my my preferred version is still the the director's cut. Same here. Um. But you know, no, it's a good, strong opener. It's a, it's a good opening track to that concert. It's a good build into the show. I don't have a lot to say about it because it, it's, um, it's not different. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, it is true. It's not drastically different from the recording. I, I prefer, like you, I prefer the director's cut version. For me, though, I, I like hearing the live vocal. Especially because she just does, because Kate Bush doesn't do live work, really. Right. And so anytime where I get to actually hear her live vocals, I'm down. Mm-hmm. I am always yeah. down. Yeah, right, right, right. Because it's such a yeah. treat. Like, it's, it's not like she tours every year and has a ton of bootlegs like some of my other favorite artists do.
no, I, 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 I agree. I think that, no, it's a, it's a really good version. Um, you know, a lot of times I will listen to a concert from an artist um, that was on tour, <laughs> you know, um, and I'll listen to it once, maybe twice, you know, um, but this is one, you know, th- this show I, I've listened to a few times now um, and will continue to do so um, because it's, it's, <laughs> it's a, a, it's a good concert with a really good songs and it's not you know not just you know like it's kate bush and she doesn't perform live ever but it's just so well done and that that concert series really actually gave me some better appreciation for um for some of her songs particularly the um uh, the ninth wave which you know i i i liked but hearing it presented in context, I really liked, and I, it made me enjoy those songs even more. But especially because it's something like The Ninth Way that Kate Bush had wanted to do a, a some sort of movie of it at the time, but then she ended up scrapping it. Mm-hmm. Um, probably because maybe just budget concerns, I would think. I mean, although it would depend on how she would want to do it. Like if it would end up, if it, it would have been something kind of like line the cross and the curve or if she would have gone kind of i don't know like kind of way more way more experimental maybe like i don't know rotos rotoscoping or something like that mm-hmm. and, and this is where it's like i think one of the great shames of kate bush is that she didn't do more long-form video i think that would have been a, a fantastic medium for her and not just stringing together, you know, several songs like she did with Mind Across the Curve. Because, you know, she is so theatrical. She could have put together, you know, and that was at the time, you know, home video was booming. You know, VCRs were, um, were really becoming well adopted uh, into mm-hmm. people's homes in the, in the mid to late 80s. And so... You know, and and a bunch of other bands were were doing some long form video stuff. I I would have really liked to have seen to seen her have seen her do do more more with that format. I would have too, because you know, for I agree because like her her music is so theatrical anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm frankly already surprised. I'm surprised that there hasn't already been like a a musical of her songs, except for the fact that she is. And rightfully so, um, very productive of her work. Like the fact that they even got to use running up that hill in Stranger Things, like took a lot of persuasion on her part, on mm-hmm. the musical I'm, director's I'm sure. part. Yeah, right. Interesting. See, I always thought, well, I I could talk about that song for a while too, but <laughs> we're not here to talk about that one. Although maybe 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 once we're once we're done recording or something. <laughs> maybe. So, yeah, I think, uh, is there anything else about Lily? I think we've talked, to, I mean, because there is a, was a lot to talk about with this song. I mean, I, I think I've said my piece <laughs> about this one. <laughs> Me um, too. Like, it's one of my top favorites from the Red Shoes. It's in my top three from the, from the Red Shoes. Love it. Love the energy. 
if I'm if I'm putting on like if I'm ever making a playlist of favorite caper songs, this song, the DC version, is always on there. In fact, yeah. another yeah. one from this album that I also prefer the DC version of is um, the title track, The Red Shoes. In fact, that's actually like my default ringtone. <laughs> really? <laughs> really. The beginning part of the da na 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 And it's funny because if, mm-hmm. if my phone goes off in public and, and I'm with people and they're like, hey, well, your phone is doing an Irish jig? <laughs> <laughs> and I go, no, that's Kate Bush. And they're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, but that is my default ringtone because <laughs> okay. it wakes me up. So I'm like, ooh, da, 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 da. okay, I'm ready to move like the diva do. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> now I need to listen to the red, to the um, director's cut as a whole again. Um, uh, I remember when I when I first heard it, I was disappointed. Um, and when you get to director's cut, you know I can. You know, if you if you you'll have me, I I can talk more about it. Sure. But I was disappointed. I was disappointed. Um, but it's one of those albums that um, has grown on me. There there are certain things that I really like about it, like like Lily, um, and certain things that I am still not excited about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but this is again. You know, it's like I see Kate Bush as an artist, you know, and she is, um, you know, like Monet and his water lilies, you know, he made so many variations of his water lilies paintings based on the time of day and the season. I mean, there's like a lot of them, (laughs) um, there's another and one he did that, like that that was um it was a cathedral and he painted mm-hmm, it at different mm-hmm. times of the day. Yep, I know which one you're talking yeah. about. Because Monet's one of my absolute favorite artists. Love him. <gasps> and that's sort of what what Kate did with director's cut was you know it's like I'm at a different point in my life, you know, um, I'm you know this is how this song sounds now, um, and so I I. I get, I appreciate, and I really like, you know, what she's doing um, with that. I would be, I don't know if I want her to do all of her, redo all of her albums, um, but I, w- I would be interested in a, in a second director's cut, you know, at, at, at least a, a second director's cut. Well, I guess that kind of concludes it for um, for for Lily here. Thank yeah, you. I, yeah, I think we got everything out of here. So thank yeah. you. So thank you so much for being on the show. Is it you know, great having a first timer on the show? Yay! Got a few, quite a few first timers <laughs> on this season. So it's great to have you here, and I'm really glad you discovered the show. Yay! <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. This is it's been it's been a really fun listen. Um, oh thank you and you know hopefully i'll be back again indeed i would love to have you back oh thank you so much for being on the show and look forward to having you on again yay yeah thank you Well, 
Well, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. So we've talked about Lily, and then next time we're going to be talking about the title track. So I'm super excited for that one. You guys will just have to wait in here. But first things first, if you're enjoying the show, you can follow me on Twitter, aka X. I still think of it as Twitter at Strange Kate Cast. You can also follow me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Kate Bush Podcast. You can email me, katebushpodcast at gmail.com. I did get quite a few emails from you guys, and I'm just going to be slowly going through them. I have a lot going on, but I will be getting back to you soon. You can also call the hotline at 1-757-349-6369 if you want to leave a message about your favorite Kate Bush song, whether it's one that I've done before or haven't gotten to yet. And also I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Kate Bush podcast. So lots of different ways to be a part of the show and support and everything. So as I said, next time we're going to be talking about the seventh track, the seventh track on the seventh album. And I'm really excited for, for the next one. I'm always excited for these episodes. I really am. And so we'll see everybody next time. Where we're going to talk about the red shoes. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.